traveling mercies to and from the United Kingdom, we bring you greetings from Oxford. We also want to thank God that for almost two years now, he's brought us into your midst, PIWC Dan Soman, to minister among you. It has pleased him that our service and ministries here should come to an end. And so today, as I speak or preach to you, will be my last day message as a pastor. There will be some activity during the course of the week, but that will be a parting one. But to say that I'm presenting a pastoral message, this is the last one. Next week, when we gather here by the grace of God, I'll be sitting somewhere down there. And we want to thank the Almighty God for His protection and for everything that He has done for us through you. Amen. So, this morning, I told the presiding that I have a very long message. And indeed, I want to preach it. I'll preach a very long message. But don't worry. We'll work within the time. When Jesus was about to leave, he preached a very long message. Go and read John chapter 16, chapter 17, chapter 18, chapter 19, chapter 20. So that's a very long message. Today, I'll preach a very long message message, but we'll work within the time. We want to part with you with a question from the word of God. And so let's take our Bibles and read the gospel according to St. John chapter 6. We will read two verses, verses 66 and 67.
But the message is centered on the whole of John chapter 6. The whole of the gospel of John chapter 6. Where we are going to read two verses and then we roll. So John chapter 6 verse 66 verses 66 and 67. From the New King James Version, it reads, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? Today, the title of my message is, Do You Also Want to Go Away? Do you also want to go away? Other versions will say, Do you also want to leave? Do you also want to leave? Do you also want to go away? Is a question that is directed to a specific group of people. Today, I want to personalize it. And on the first level, PIWC Dansoma, do you also want to go away? But beyond that corporate level, I want to zero it to individual members of this church, to my officers. I wish I can mention all of you name by name and ask you this specific question. Do you also want to go away? So if I should begin at that time, do you also want to go away? You understand why I'm asking this question very soon. And then for you, do you also want to go away? And Tony Bond, do you also want to go away? And the time, so I might not be able to mention all of you. But take it that I am mentioning your name and asking you the question. Do you also want to go away? For Jesus to ask this question, it meant a lot to him. Crowd following him. Multitudes following him. And the verse 66 is saying that, and then most of the disciples turned back and decided they would not follow him any longer. They would not follow him. They would not work with him any longer. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. So do you also want to go away? Is the message I want to leave with you. And I hope you will follow me through to understand. And my prayer in all this is that you will remain with Christ. You will not turn back. You will follow him 
to take you away from being with Jesus. To see thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, follow thee more nearly. Minute by minute, no matter what comes your way, my prayer for you is that you will remain with Jesus. You will not turn back. Do you also want to take away? Now, if you look at that, that text, the two verses we read, it, it's, it's a kind of conversation that Jesus was having with the disciples and, and many had left and walked with him no more. Then he turned around and saw the twelve. And so he asked them, do you also want to turn away? Now, what this means quickly is that there is the tendency for people who are following Christ today to desert him. At a point in time. That possibility is there. That tendency is there. That we will have a group of people following Christ today. But tomorrow, they will not be there. And so, it might not really be surprising if one day something brings me to PIWC and so on. And then maybe I'll ask, where is this person? And they will say, he is no longer it will not be surprising at all because, because there's that tendency that people who walk with Christ, you will be with Christ today, but tomorrow we might be looking for you and we will not find you. And the circumstances that takes people away from Christ could be for good or for better or for bad. The things that takes away people, that takes people away from Christ Maybe that their circumstances have improved and they are out. It could also be that their circumstances have worsened and also they are out. So it is not only because somebody is not getting what he wants and he will leave. Now, if we go through the test, you realize that something happened for these people. So I'm saying that there's a tendency for people who are following Christ today to desert him along the way. May it never happen to you that you will desert Jesus along the way. There are times when people experience misfortunes. There are times where people go through life challenges and sufferings. There are times, doubts, circumstances create doubts in the minds of people. So much so that they may think that God has given up on them. When you come to that point in your life, especially as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, will you desert him? Will you turn back? But more important,
Christians that we are. Sometimes we come to church and the word of God, the truth of the Bible, hits us hard on one behavior or the other that we cherish most. The truth of the Bible reveals your nakedness before God. And it hits you. At that point, will you desire Jesus? Or you will want to continue following him? When the truth in God's word points out your failures to you, what will you do? When the truth of God's word points you to the path of eternal life and say, desert the world and come and follow Jesus, what will you do? Yes. If I should ask, I'm sure you have testimony, you will point out to one person or the other and say, well, this person was with us. Today, he's no longer. So I'm saying that there are many people today who have started very well as Christians. They were actively involved in the things of God and the church. Some of them even held leadership positions in the church. But today, they are nowhere to be found. They have deserted Jesus. We want to go through John chapter 6 to enable us to understand why Jesus posed that question to the 12. And we learn some lessons for our own Christian journey. It's only through that background, that reading through that scripture, that we will understand. Then you can make something for yourself. So let's skim through from verse 1 of John chapter 6. The Bible says that Jesus has crossed the Sea of Galilee and a huge crowd, a huge crowd, a great multitude had come to him. So a lot of faith draw people to Jesus. At this point in time, Jesus had crossed the Sea of Galilee and Bible is saying a huge crowd had come to follow him. Why? Because they saw that he was performing the miracle of healing the sick. So there is a reason why they came. The huge crowd came. But they had not come out of nothing. Something drew them to Jesus. And in this particular case, they had come, my Bible is saying, because they saw his signs which he performed of those who were diseased. So the miracle of healing the sick draws a huge crowd to Jesus. Beloved in the Lord, I don't know the means 
by which you came to Jesus? And what drew you closer to him? What brought you to him? I don't know. But I want to say that no matter how you came, forget about that. There is something Jesus will give you after you have come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, my Bible says, after Jesus saw the huge multitude, the large crowd that had come to him, he went up onto the mountains. Then Jesus asked one of the disciples called Philip, Philip, where will we buy bread so that these people can eat? Now, Jesus saw a huge crowd coming, following him in the minds of the crowd. They are following Jesus because he was performing the miracle of healing the sick. Then Jesus, seeing that huge crowd, asked the disciple Philip, where will we buy bread? So that these people can eat. Now, this question that Jesus posed to Philip, and the answer that Philip gave, gave is important for our discussion. So let's speak Jesus' question first. What is Jesus' question trying to tell us? Jesus' question is trying to tell us that. He, Jesus, is concerned for our needs. Jesus is concerned for you. The crowd following him because of the signs. He said, where will we get bread to feed them? It is not the people who went to ask Jesus and told them that we are hungry. But having seen them, he said, where can we get bread to feed these people. Beloved in the Lord, Jesus is concerned for you. He has a concern for your need. He has a concern for your circumstances. He has you in mind and he will always make a provision for your needs. Hallelujah. It was he who saw the crowd and asked, where could we get bread to feed them? Beloved, he knows us. And he cares for us. And he will provide for us. He, he knows us. But then, what was Philip's answer? Philip said, 200 denarii worth of bread will not be enough for each of them to have a little. 200 denarii. Well, we can convert that. 200 cities worth of bread will not be enough so that each of the people, this huge crowd, will have a bite. What does this response telling us? Philip answer expresses most of our frustrations and complaints in life. 
Most of it Christians have a lot of frustrations and complaints. And every day complain A, complain B, complain C, complain D. Well, how can I do this? Where is this one coming from? Where is the next school fees coming from? Where is the next rent advance coming from? When is this one coming from? And complain and complain. Puts us in a lot of frustration. Jesus said, where will we get bread to feed these people? And Philip said, Master, the other version said, Philip said, if we should go out and work for one month, the amount of money we'll receive will not be enough to feed these people. In the UK, I think I read from Joint News that they have increased the minimum wage to about 10.3, that's the minimum wage. Now, three cities, 10 cities, yeah, I think 10 cities, 10 point something, six or something. So Philip is saying that if we should go out and work by day for one month, the amount of money we will get will still not be enough to feed these people. What the sisters says again, many people in their moment of need tries to put a limit on how far Jesus could meet their needs. So Philip was just saying that, Master, look, there's no way we can feed these people. There's no way, forget about it. We can feed them. He has limited Jesus. Beloved in the Lord, in our Christian journey, in your moment of frustrations, in your moment of distress, please do not put a limit on Jesus. He is far beyond your imagination. He is far beyond your understanding. You are making the mathematics calculation and knowing that if you should go and work for one month, the amount of money you get will not be enough. That is your mind. That is not the mind of Jesus. His mind is far beyond your mind. Don't place a limit on him. He is able. He is able. He is more than able. It is he who is able to make streams of water flow out of the desert. That is the Jesus we are talking about. Don't limit him in your Christian journey. I am a testimony of Jesus, what Jesus can do. My whole life has been a testimony of what Jesus can do. If you should see somebody sick and has been lame to bed and could not work for one year, and if today I stand before you as a minister of God, then Jesus can do more. I have a lot of testimony I've never shared in this auditorium. But if you see your pastor walking this way, I am happy I walk this way. Because there was a point in my life that I cannot walk for one full year. And if I'm walking today, that is Jesus. So you cannot place a limit on how far Jesus can go in dealing with you. The human failures may be there. The human inadequacies may be there. But there is Jesus in the boat. A 
And with Jesus in the boat, we will smile at the storm. We are parting, brothers and sisters. But we want to leave Jesus with you. Don't desert him. There should not be any point in your life that nothing will tell you that this Jesus is not worth following. He is worth following to the end. He is worth following to the end. If my wife, for all years that I have married her, was breathing internally, and she was walking around and jumping, she has a body. So nobody will see. No knowing there was internal breathing in her body. Not for one year, for almost like 10 years. We go to the hospital and they check her HB and she's seven point something. Seven point something. And we don't know what was happening. Seven point something. And she's alive. She wasn't dead. The medical people can tell us HB for eight years, for 10 years. Less than 10. If she sits here today, don't place a limit on Jesus. Don't. Don't. He's far more able to do more than we can imagine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Philip said, Master, we cannot feed them. He can feed you.
He knew what he was going to do. Oh, it is heartwarming. Oh, I am glad. I am glad. I am happy that my Jesus knew me from my mother's womb. He knew me. And so, so he would not allow me to remain, remain on that bed, that sick bed. So he will get me up. He will cause me to come up so that today at least, at least I can come and know you. If for nothing at all. I should come and know you. He knew what he was going to do. Look, brothers and sisters, he knew it is heartwarming. He knew our situation. Your health is his concern. Your sickness is his concern. Your education, your employment, your business, your child upbringing, everything that concerns your life, he knew what he would do so that you will be satisfied. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then my Bible says, Andrew came and said, there is a boy among us. The testimony, the prophecy was saying something that what do you have? What do you have that you can present? Even the little thing, the weakest thing, present it. Bible says, in the huge, among that huge crowd that were following Jesus was a boy with, with five loaves and two fish. Five loaves and two fish. How happened that of all the huge crowd, adults, males, females, and children, how come that only a boy had that, that quantity of food? Only God knows. But it is because Jesus knew that the people have to be fed. So my Bible says, they told him that even when they were telling him that at least, well, there were some five loaves and some two fish, they were still doubting in my bed. Even that one cry, that one cry, that one cry, that one cry, that as we walk with Christ on this journey, we will come to trust him to the point where we will know that it is not us, but it is him. It is not us. It is not how much we have, but how much Jesus has to give to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the food has been made available. If for nothing at all, now we have five loaves and two fish. Now, people are hungry. A huge crowd hungry. We are looking for food so we could feed them. Then, somehow, the food has come. If it were you and me, quickly, give instruction, share the food. But my Bible says, Jesus said, let the people sit down. Tell somebody, let the people sit. Tell somebody, let the people sit down. Why would Jesus let the people sit down? We are hungry. Food have come. Share it. Let's eat. Jesus said, no. Let the people sit down. Hmm. 
It is important that at the point in your life you should sit down. There should be a time that you should wait. There should be a time that you should have patience. There should be a time in your Christian life that you should say, let me pause and reflect. Jesus said, let the people who are sit down. Today, today, the challenge of Christianity is the fact that a lot of us don't want to wait. We don't want to sit down. We are rushing. We are in a haste. We are moving, helter scatter, everywhere we are going. This one, hey, we follow. This one, B, we follow. And every day from Monday through to Friday to Sunday and the next Monday has come and the Christian is always in the move. When is the time for you to pause and reflect on the goodness of God? It's all about moving and moving. And moving. Of course, no wonder. Everything now is fast, right? Kebab, fast. Pizza, fast. ATM, fast. When I was growing up and I opened my first bank account, they give you something we call passbook. And if you need money from the bank, you take your passbook, walk to the counters, they pick your, back, your passbook, they will go into their chambers and go and cross-check with their books. And then they will bring your passport back before the teller can give you your money. Today, I am a customer of Echo Bank. I don't know even my relation manager. Because I don't have anything to do with him. If I need money, at least for thousands of cities at a go, I can get it all. Everything is fast. So your money is going fast. When we were going to the UK, the couple we were going to live with, we had to send them a bank wine. It was packed fast. When we went there, she just put a bank wine on the fire and there's a bank wine. When I was growing up and you want to prepare a bank wine, you, you know the, the, the process you have to go through, right? Huh? The fufutu has come. So it's like Everything is fast and Christians are moving fast. But, beloved in the law for time's sake, Psalm 40 verse 1 to 3 said, I have waited patiently for the Lord. I have done what? Waited patiently for the Lord. And he did what? He turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me out from the desolate pit, out of the muddy clay, and set my feet on the rock, making myself secure. He put a new song in my mouth, and a hymn of praise to our God. I have waited patiently. You are not waiting, and you want the hand of God in your life. You are not waiting, and you want to hear God. No, that is why you are moving around. You are not waiting. So you are moving around for somebody to tell you what God is saying. No, God can speak to you. If only you wait. Jesus said, sit down. The point I am making here is that stop rushing. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. I have waited patiently on the Lord. 
streams of water that bears fruit in this season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he or she does, his process. Beloved, I want to urge you, sit down. I want to urge you, wait. I want to urge you, have patience, meditate, and focus on God. Your needs will be provided. That sickness will go away. That opportunity will come your way. Relax. Relax. Jesus said, sit down. How many often, how often, how often, sorry, how often do you personally, as a Christian, set aside for God in the 24 hours? How many hours do you give to God? And at the beginning of this year, we spoke about Isaiah 40, verse 31, which says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. 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 Wait. Jesus said, let them sit down. Now, after Jesus said they should sit down, Bible said, now he took the bread, he gave thanks, and gave it to the disciples first, and then followed it up and distributed to the people who were hungry, the multitude. And my Bible says, each of them had to their food as much as they want. As much as they want. The five loaves and two fish fed the people, and each of them had as much as they want. Today, as you listen to me, may that miracle 
of Jesus feeding the 5,000 be your portion. In the name of Jesus, may that miracle of Jesus multiplying the five loaves and two fish to feed the crowd be your portion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Bible says, when they have finished eating, Jesus said to the disciples, gather the leftover. Gather the leftover. Now, what is the lesson here? The lesson here is that Jesus is not only concerned for our needs for today, but he's also concerned for our needs for tomorrow. So there is a tomorrow. So today he will feed you. Tomorrow also he will feed you. There is the need to wait on Jesus. He will feed us today. He will feed us tomorrow. So he said, the leftover should not be wasted. Now, another lesson in that part of the scripture is that you also in your life don't waste things. Don't be wasteful. And especially in time management, as Africans as we are, we should be sure that we stop wasting the time. Amen. Amen. Now, continue reading the Bible. My Bible tells me that. So when that was done, the people then said, wow. Verse 14. Wow. If this man could feed us with five loaves and two fish, then indeed, this is the prophet that was to come. This is the prophet that is to come. And so they decided in their mind that, oh, now we have seen our prophet, the one who can feed us with five loaves and two fish, and decided that, okay, now we're going to make him a king. Why has the people come to that conclusion? The people had come to that conclusion by the fact that, by the mere fact that Jesus has fed them. Nothing more. If you are following Jesus, because he's going to give you food to eat, stop. We will come there again, but I will finish soon. So Bible said that because they decided they would make Jesus a king, he withdrew to the mountainside. So they did not see him again. Then, sometime later, sometime later, soon after, Bible says that when evening came, the disciples crossed over to the other side of the lake. When dawn came, the next morning, the people could not find Jesus. They could not find the disciples. My Bible told me that, or tells me that, so they asked, and then they heard the news that Jesus is at the other side. I am taking through you through John chapter 6. Jesus is at the other side of the lake. Let's say that he did the miracle here and he has moved to the other side. And my Bible said the people, again, the huge crowd, again this word, took boat and crossed over. And when they met Jesus, they said, oh, Rabbi, we have been looking for you. We have been seeking for you. Where did you, where did you go? We want to see you. Now we have seen you. Then Jesus said, you are looking for me, not because, but because of what? 
If you are following Christ because of your stomach, stop. 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 It's not there for her stomach. That is not, that is, that is for granted. That one is for your taking. So if that is your major objective, stop. Stop. We are following him for better things. We are following him for eternal life. So he told them, I'm cutting it short now. So he told them that do not work for the food that's worth. Do not work for the food that was spoils. But work for the food that gives you eternal life. So we are following Jesus because of eternal life. It is not for these earthly things. When he created the world, he has made enough provision for our worldly wants and needs. That is for your taking. There is something important why we follow Jesus. It is eternal life. My prayer is that I will meet you in heaven. Yes. If it's about here, I have done my part. I'm going. But we want to meet in heaven. We want to meet in heaven. We want to meet in heaven. So don't follow Jesus because of your stomach. Don't follow Jesus because you will be able to buy a car. Because you will be able to put out a house. Because you will be able to do A, B, or C. The world and all its beauty and all its grammar is passing away. The word of God stays on forever. Work for the food that leads to eternal life. Today we are going to come to the Lord's table. Say, he who eats my body and drinks my blood, it is he I'll rise up. I'll cause him to rise up on the last day. How many times? How do you, what is your attitude towards the communion? And when you are coming, what do you expect? What is your expectation? And you who is not coming? You are not coming. And you are here. You will still not come. And you will not come. And you will not come. When will you come? No, when will you come? What is it that is preventing you from coming? That you are still holding on to. We spend the working, of, working hours of our life looking for basic necessities of life. Food, water, shelter. We wake up in the morning. One night sometime ago, my wife and I decided to make a survey in Accra. We woke up at 1 a.m. And we drove to central Accra. And at 1 a.m., there were people out there selling and buying. 1 a.m. Accra Central. 1 a.m. Very busy activity going on. So people spend the rest of their life, their working hours. It's all about, about food, food, food. Stop working for the food that's worth. It is good. We need it. But spend time also for God. Now, I want to sum up. But you understand. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Do not love the world. And all the things that is the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of the Father abides forever. 
People in Bible have followed food to their destruction. Talk about Esau, who sold his birthright because of food. Talk about the first couple who lost their relationship with God because of food. Talk about Israel and his children who went to Egypt because of food. They ended up in slavery for almost 400 years. So following food alone can lead to your destruction. Young man, young woman, don't sell yourself cheap because of food. Because of that employment you want, don't follow it. Food will come anyway because Jesus is concerned for you. Now, when Jesus told the people that you are following because of the food, he said, now I have food that I will give you. And then he began and said that I, I am the bread of life. Your fathers had manna in the wilderness and they are dead. But I, you want food? Fine. I have food. I am the food. You have food. You want food. I know you are following me because of food. Good. I have food. I will give you. I am the food. I am the bread of life. He who eat my flesh have life. What is the guy saying? Oh, mommy, how will you say it in English? What are you saying? What are you saying, yeah? What is the guy saying? Who? Are we now cannibals? Do we now have to take flesh and blood? Human flesh? No, 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 no. What is this guy saying? You want food? He said, I am food. Let's read verse 60. Want to sum up? Let's read verse 60. Take time and read. Verse 60. So when Jesus has said that I am the food, I am the bread that came from heaven, he who eats will have life. My Bible says that. Therefore, many of the disciples, when they heard this said, this is a hard saying. This is a hard saying. This is difficult to understand. This is difficult to comprehend. What are you saying? We want food. You say your body is food? No. Then what did you say? They were annoyed more is the father. He said, your fathers ate manna. Because in their, in their history, manna was that which sustained them of the journey on the wilderness. And you are saying that they ate the manna and they died. We should come and eat your flesh. Mm-mm. This is a hard saying. That is why at the very beginning I said, sometimes we come to church and the truth of scripture is revealed to us and it causes people to live. Will you live too? Will you live? My Bible says, it said, this is a hard saying. And then down the line, Jesus continued explaining and verse 66, verse 66 says, and from that time on, many of the disciples 
went back and followed him. So that crowd he fed, that crowd that crossed over the land to go and meet him. From that time, when now the reason for following Jesus has been brought to the fore, so they will understand, my Bible is saying, from that time, many decided to go back. All the effort of crossing the lake wasted. To them, he ha- they have been disappointed. What is it in this journey that will cause you to be disappointed? That will bring disappointment to you. I am here to tell you, don't be like those ones. So my Bible says, they deserted. So Jesus turned around. I'm sure he himself will be a bit disappointed. Oh, this is what they need. The food that gives eternal life. Take it. And they left. Then he looked around and saw only the twelve. Hmm. And I'm sure who he is, he might have been sensing that if I don't do something right now, it is likely that even these ones, even these ones, it's likely. So my Bible says, so he turned to them and he asked the question, are you there? Then Jesus turned to the twelve and said, do you also want to go away? But we thank God for, G- for, for, for Peter, right? For Peter, right? We thank God for who? We thank God for who? For Peter. So I'm leaving you. We are leaving. My family and I, we are going. We have finished our work here in PIWC Dansoma by the white paper of the Church of Pentecost and we are going. We may meet somewhere. Fine. We thank God for that. But that one is not the issue. I want to meet you in heaven. But I know that life is full of challenges. I know that life is full of trouble. I know that sometimes what you expect of Jesus to do for you today, you will not get it. And you have your own thinking. And you will be frustrated. When you come to that point, remember this scripture. Where Jesus is asking, do you also want to go away? Where my Bible says, and that is the good news, that Peter said, can you move? But Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You have the ways of eternal life. I leave you with the eternal life of the word of God. There's nothing we can give you. When we came, you fed us. You clothed us. You've done so much for us. We don't have anything material to give you. But we leave you with Jesus. He has the ways of eternal life. Don't desert him along the way. That one you will lose. I will do my part. I will try to stick to him. I will try to follow him. Do your part. Try and stick to him. Try and follow. If there's anything that the miracles of Jesus does, if there's anything that the signs and wonders of Jesus does, is so we will come to him and worship him. So it is not the food, but he will give us the food so that we can come and say, Lord, we worship you. 
So the signs that Jesus did, the healings, the miracles, and all that he did is so that we come to acknowledge who he is as the Christ, the one who has eternal life to give. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have eternal do you also want to go away god bless you